0: Hey, I'm Dave, and you're listening to another episode of Dying to Listen Podcast, presented by the Disc Golf Dyers Guild. Today, we have a really rad dad. Rad dad dies. So, welcome, uh, Gordon. Thank you
1: for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Uh, I really appreciate it. I love love what you do in the dying community and what you do for the community and getting this content out there, uh, highlighting different dyers across the nation and so across the world, heck, you know.
0: Yeah, well, uh, thank you for the kind words, because I, I, it still seems surreal to me that people actually listen and pay attention to the Dyer's Guild. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm assuming you play disc golf by some of the discs in the
1: background. I do, yeah, yeah. What got you into disc golf? Um, so let's see. So I I grew up in northern New Jersey, so real close to Warwick, New York. Um, a little pro named Steve Brinzer is from there. You might have heard of him. I don't know. But... Uh, he has, you know, he was pretty instrumental in building the community up there, and, and that's kind of where I first started playing, not seriously or anything like that, just with friends and uh, some of my cousins playing up there. Um, but then went down to uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, for college, and I was always an athlete in high school and in college. I did track and field, so wanted to keep myself moving, do different things like that. And disc golf just kind of seemed like a really fun thing. I grew up throwing lids or regular Frisbees. So that seemed like the next natural progression for me. And, um, so I've been playing now for probably about 15 years, uh, seriously playing in tournaments, maybe half, a little bit more than that. Um, and then now I've kind of dwindled on tournaments and focused more towards TDing and and dying and different things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so just been playing for for quite some time now probably almost half my life but uh i love the sport kind of keeps that competitive fire alive so to speak but nice
0: <clears throat> i'm really bad at math what is 15 years ago from now like what what's the actual year that you started gonna playing be,
1: that's gonna be doo, 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 it's 23 that's 2008 oh wow 2007 2008 yeah nice uh i mean
0: what does disc golf mean to you and why do you keep doing it i know you kind of mentioned it but why do you keep doing it.
1: Um so yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it started for me as like a fun thing, then to, then turned into a, you know, competitive, you know, sport for me to kind of keep that that fire alive. Um but now it's just kind of, you know, I have gotten involved, you know, in, in most recent years I've gotten involved in my local club uh, down here. I was president of my local club for a year and kind of teeing events and running local events, unsanctioned things. Um but just You know, trying to get more people, you know, and I think grow the sport is kind of thrown around there a whole lot. Um, But what does that really mean and how how do people do that? And, you know, you do that at the local level, right? You start trying to get juniors into it. You start trying to get uh, people that maybe have never heard of the sport. Um, So we're really lucky down here to have a wonderful community uh, that kind of all works together. We have, you know, building a lot of courses. We're really close to Bedford, Virginia. Um, we're, you know, there are neighbors to Bedford, which are going to be, um, hosting worlds next year. So it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, just trying to get people involved, trying to have a lot of fun with it and just, you know, keep, keep the fun, keep the fun in it. Right. So that's, that's what we all do for is for fun. and, And there wouldn't, we wouldn't do it if there wasn't any enjoyment in it. So,
0: yeah, no, that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, it is a lot of work and I appreciate the effort that you put into it what got you into uh tournament directing and um
1: any tips for anybody that would like to do it Ooh, what got me into tournament directing so i guess it you know it, it, it's funny that you know i kind of keep bringing it up but i was a collegiate athlete so i we would go to track meets and and oddly enough tournament directing and then, and then i coached for a few years after that um so tournament directing is very similar to running a track meet like you have to there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of, you know, things that you have to think about, obviously, you know, out of bounds and, you know, there's some parallels there, maybe not the best connection, but, uh, you know, kind of the preparation and going into it. Um, so that kind of was just, again, one of those next steps for me in the sport of how can I make a greater impact? I wasn't, I was you know, wasn't lighting the world ablaze in MA one or open or anything like that. So I decided, you know, how else can I help or how else can I, I, you know, progress myself and and kind of got my TD certificate. Um, and again, that's just through the PDGA. It's you know, I don't know if many people know this, but it's it's open book, so it's you know, not that not that difficult to get certified. Um, and then, if you want to get started, I would say if you want to get started as a TD, get involved in your local club, start you know, trying to maybe run a weekly because that's probably the lowest level unsanctioned event. Um, Run a weekly, get some get some people involved, get get the feel for what it's like to kind of manage manage players, manage the end of the manage you know if you play for money things like that at the end, Um, and then just kind of progress from there. And then I started with a C tier, um, ran a ran a few C tiers, and now I run you know I run a B tier down here called the Battle for Bedford. Um, It's about you know five different courses, uh, 350 400 players depending on the year. And again, that was kind of handed over to me from uh, Hunter Thomas over at Foundation Disc Golf. So I'm very appreciative for, you know, what he kind of helped me get into the sport. And then he kind of guided me into what it takes to run a larger event. Um, So, yeah, just very lucky and kind of, you know, some things just kind of fell into place for me. So I feel very, very, very blessed and lucky to have that. So That's awesome. Uh, When did you start first uh, TD? Probably, oh, I would say three, four years ago, probably so okay. 2019, 2020, just, you know, kind of during COVID when we had a little bit of lockdown and that was kind of, you know, I was <laughs> home from work sometimes and able to focus a little bit more attention on TDing and getting everything ready. Um, so yeah, I would say, started so say about three, four years ago. So
0: Nice. Um, how many events have
1: you run so far? If you could count offhand sanctioned events probably five or six so not not many mm-hmm. um five or six but i kind of progress i guess I progressed fairly quickly I, that sounds like i'm tooting my own horn but <laughs> again i was very lucky in the, the way i fell into getting and, and, and having certain events mm-hmm. um, but then as far as like local events i've run a lot of unsanctioned uh, things obviously being involved with the club. I ran my own weekly, um, you know, sponsored by my, by Rad Dad Die. So that was kind of did that for a little while um, just to kind of get my name out there, um, get some discs out there. And then again, just enjoyed it, enjoyed it and kind of just made that step. So
0: again, that's awesome. And I honestly don't think people realize how much work it is to run event, any event really, but.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit of everything. It's marketing, it's sales, it's, you know, you're trying to get sponsorships, you are, uh, you're, you know, doing business is getting in that money, trying to figure out and again, the PDGA is really nice. They have, you know, the tournament manager is easy to use for the most part. So you kind of plug your numbers in, it'll spit it out. Um, you can get more involved, you can get less involved. So it's kind of it all it all depends on how far you want to go. But yeah, it, it's it's tricky. You can you can run some events and it'd be easy, but it may not be the most um, the, you know, the greatest event, but, or you can kind of put your all into it and you can run one heck of an event. So, yes. Well, thank you for your efforts on that.
0: Um, thank you. But why we're here, disc dying, (laughs) what
1: got you into disc dying? Oh, so I I was, I was trying to think back of earlier, you know, when I knew I was coming on when, like when I died my first disc. Um, and I think it was when I was in grad school. So this has got to be, 2016 um no 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 2014 2015 um i had two picked up two star it was a leopard and a t-bird from play it again sports and one of them had like a terrible like barbed wire marker around the it was a used disc barbed wire marker around the rim and i was like this isn't my style i wanted (laughs) i i picked the disc um i was like this isn't my style so what can i do um and i i think it was again i think i mixed up. At the time, Ritt synthetic with some uh, shaving cream, just mm-hmm. in some little cups, poured it out onto another shaving cream bed and kind of made some designs. I made one, the Easter egg was, like an Easter egg style was one of them. Um, and then the the leopard did not cover up that barbed wire very well. Cause again, it was, you know, Ritt didn't saturate too well. I didn't know about ratios and all of that at that point. Um, so I was like, I, I kind of put it away and didn't really get into the, you know, get too serious into it. Um, I would say until just before COVID, until like 2018, late 2018, 2019, um, you know, again, right when a lot of people started dying discs, um, what got me into it? I just kind of, you know, had some extra time. I, I, I've always feel like I've had a artistic side, I guess, in high school, I was in the art honor society, things like that. Um, and it was just a way again, to kind of express myself on something that I enjoyed. It was fun to do I could dye my own discs and when I ran out of those I was lucky enough to have friends that gave me their discs because they enjoyed a few of the discs I died and uh, they didn't get too mad at me when I gave them some some bloopers or some duds because there have been a lot of duds <laughs> um but yeah it's just kind of you know wanted to kind of express myself a little bit and, and disc golf dying seemed to seemed like a good way to do it so do you still have those first discs that you died I, Don't. So the leopard, I think I lost. Um, and the T bird, I threw that for a while. I threw the T bird for a long, long time. Um, I, uh, but I lost that one as well. I do have, when I first got back into dying or when I, you know, 2018, 2019, I died a glow PD two. And that was one of the first ones that I was like seriously getting back into it. I bought, I die and all of that. Um, I do still have that one though. So
0: nice. Uh, so you mentioned that was kind of your, um, next forte into disc dying uh what did you do for that for like a method so i think i kind of you know um like what was my first method of choice for dying discs well yeah you did the shaving cream but after your like first few discs after you know your big forte into dying that got you going
1: um I would like, I just, I enjoyed it. I, you know, um, I would say some, some of the dyers that kind of inspired me were Mike Kemp was a big inspiration at first. Um, and again, that shaving cream style, he, you know, what he was able to do with some, some of his shaving cream designs. Um, but then just kind of pushing, it's never been about money for me or anything like that. Just kind of, I, my friends enjoyed it. So I was able to, I had more friends at the time that played disc that played disc golf and they would like some dyed discs. So I tried to do that. Um, and then, so yeah, I started out with shaving cream and then just trying to experiment with shaving cream. I did I dye poly and just, you know, sprinkled it on the top um, and then did lotion beds for a little while, some Queen Helene, things like, you know, the classic lotion to use. Um, so all my discs smelled delicious for a long, long time. Um, and then just slowly started experimenting, trying different things. Um, I remember trying something I, I called the suspension method, which was like taping wooden skewers. I don't know why I thought it would work or anything like that, but it was, so the disc wouldn't necessarily sink into the bed as much, just taping wooden skewers to the top. Um, it didn't really work out too well. Created a lot of air bubbles and things like mm. that, so. Um, but yeah, just slowly starting to learn and try different styles. Uh, I don't know if I would say I had like a signature style. I like, I think I like, at this point, stencils the best. Um, and Kind of mixing stencils and uh, either beds of any type, like glue or, glue or shaving cream, or then even, you know, kind of throwing a spin on the end there. But, Mm. um, but yeah, I would say stencils are probably my favorite ones to do now. So what kept you disc dying?
0: Like, did your first dyes discourage you? Like, I am not any good at this or, you know, what kept you disc
1: dying? Um, so I think, you know I, I was i'm an educator so I, I taught first grade and kindergarten for a little while i think my you know one of my philosophies is that you know you always be a lifelong learner right so once i got into it and realized all these different methods different ways experimentations it just kind of fueled me to keep going and to try and you know i knew i would have some duds and i knew i would probably lose a few discs or or you know uh some wouldn't come out the way i wanted but i remember taking notes in a notebook and you know, trying to say like, I, you know, put this amount again, again, before I even knew about ratios, I was on, you know, the Facebook, uh, disc golf dyers page on Facebook for a while. And, you know, back when I started, people didn't really share things very often. It was kind of, you know, I don't know how long you've been dying or anything like that, but people didn't really share things very often. I think that's one of the reasons I gravitated towards Mike is because he was one of the nice guy, like one of the nicer guys who was able to say like, Hey, this is what I do this is kind of how much I mix in and these, you know, kind of even sent me some pictures at some points. And that kind of just inspired me to keep learning more about it, researching, researching and experimenting. Um, and I think that's kind of my philosophy now. It's like, I, I'm not going to hold anything back. If anybody has any questions for me about how I did something or, or what I did, I'm not going to say, no, that's not like, that's not proprietary information. I need to, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll share that. I'll, I'll help you die. I've, I've helped a few people locally, like, what kind of dyes they want to buy, how do they set it up? Because, um, I mean, it can be expensive, but it also can be you know as as cheap as you want to get with it, so.
0: Yeah, um, and again, that's the goal of the Dyers Guild, is to help share that information and build the community and help other people who are new to this dyeing that have, obviously, questions and, you know, someone's got to answer them. Yeah, um, And, yeah, that I started this dyeing right after COVID, give or take. Um, but uh yeah information was sparse all over the place and hard to come by
1: but dyers nowadays they got it easy yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <I> <laughs> at mean, least it's, i'm you know, trying
1: to make it easy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you search different you know obviously with with all the you know i think a lot of great things came out of COVID. Content creation is one of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So people putting, posting videos of, of how they die and posting things like that and then sharing that information. So I guess we can thank COVID in a way for that. I, you know, if, if there was a positive that came out of this terrible, terrible thing, it's that, you know, at least in the disc guy community, people would share, started sharing information. So I was thankful for that and searching for different things. And again, you, you know, you, I think, you learn from it from failure and experimenting. So I, there's obviously, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's, not, you, there's obviously growth out of that and, mm. and good in that. Um, but I think also having that information is, is, you know, easy to try and lay out. You, you, you can still fail. You can still have an outline of exactly what to do: this temperature, this ratio, mm-hmm. this deep of a bed, this, you know. And it can still fail. So, you know, there's there's always that.
0: yeah Yeah. no it's uh i've experienced that myself it's like i followed the instructions but it turned out like poop (laughs) um and it is art and it does take a skill and finesse and intuition i think is the word that i'm looking for of how to do some of the things but if anything it's just practice lots and lots of practice um to know how things work and how to get what you're looking for and making a lot of those mistakes um i don't want to say yes dyers have it easy because they have all the information to them um and like the old people would say well they don't learn and they don't make mistakes well it gives you a jumping start to progress further and faster exactly end. um what is your i know you said
1: stencils mm-hmm. what other methods do you like for dying so, I mean, I think I want to say I've tried, tried them all. I mean, I have tried, you know, gotten troll. I obviously wouldn't, maybe not them all. That That's a yeah. little, because there's, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, glue beds, I, I've really dove into glue beds a little re, a little bit recently. Um, I like the, you know, the those geode rock style ones and kind of, you know, a little bit of what like Mowgli does. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of mixed in with, I know uh, Tannis does a lot over at, at Daddy Mac. So... kind of, you know, seeing how they, you know, manipulate the beds with, with just dropping the dye in and, and different dyes act differently on the types of glue. So it's kind of cool just to see that, um, give that like natural look. So yeah, like I said, I like stencils. I bought a, uh, so (laughs) as I said, I was an educator. Um, so I, uh, framed buying a silhouette to my wife. I was like, well, I'm going to use this in the classroom too. It's like, when my main goal was buying it for disc dying and, and cutting vinyl for disc dying i did use it in the classroom a little bit and then also cut out our name <laughs> and number and put that on our mailbox so i've used it for some practical applications but uh the main motivation for purchasing that was definitely disc dying um so uh, that was you know one of the reasons and it's cool just to design like to sit in the silhouette studio design different um different stencils i think one of my things i love when it spins, right? I think that's what the fascination with hook lab is. It looks so good when it spins. Um, so that's kind of when I when I do stencils, when I do, I think that's probably one of the things that's in, in the forefront of my head when I'm dying a disc is what is this gonna look like when it's spinning through the air? Um, yeah. Some of them come out good, some of them, they don't. Do you create your own stencils from scratch at all? Some I do. Um, so I do like some, I have one, uh, let's see, this is one I just kind of like played around with a little bit. There we go. Hold it up here. There we go. Yeah. So kind of just played around with that. Just, you know, different shapes and different angles and things like that. Cutting things away. And um, I have one that I do like a pinwheel. It looks like a pinwheel I've really gotten into. I've sat on that one for a long, long time and just couldn't think of how to use it or didn't want to put it on a disc, which is for some reason never used it. But then finally just started using it recently and love the way it looks, love the way it spins. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So
0: Nice. So the dyers guild um, trying to build up a collection of original artwork for dyers to use on their discs so they don't have to necessarily grab some copyrighted material. (laughs) Um, But if you would ever want to sell some of those on the site, we can talk. Sure, let's do that, sure. Uh, How do you get your dye on your disc with the stencils?
1: So a few different ways. I've done, you know, I, I know it's not the best to do but I've done acetone. I've never been big into denatured alcohol. I'm not a big, um, I don't know why I've just never, I think i I think, uh, Tim Perkins told me once it's like, you should probably use Everclear. That's a big one, right? Like Everclear, but I don't, they don't sell that around me. So I don't, I don't buy the, the, that grain alcohol there. So I wasn't a fan of the denatured alcohol from Home Depot and Lowe's and things like that. I know there's different ones I can use, but um, so I was led towards acetone. Um, so sometimes painting it on there, but, um, if you go too heavy, that'll peel up the vinyl and things like that. Uh, so lotion is what I use. So Queen Helene, I would usually put that on the top. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it, you know, in recent dyes, it's gotten runnier. I don't know if they changed something in the Queen Helene. If it's just cause it's sat in my garage for a while, kind of broken down a little bit. Um, but I've used Lubriderm I found as a thicker lotion. Um, I know it's a little bit more, you know, kind of a little bit more expensive than the Queen Helene, but um, try to use it sparingly. And that I've actually found like I can reuse if I lay over like a layer of black, I can scrape it off. if It's too much on or, you know, different things like that. I can kind of sometimes reuse that, but I lotion is probably my favorite to put on stencils or um, again, just flip it over and put it on a bed. So. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people that I know use lotion, uh, for the black part of the stencils. So I was not a fan of, I, I, so hot dip. Um, I had a, uh, I used hot dips for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I have, you know, we have a split level home, so I would go up in my kitchen. I would use my dyeing pan. I'd luckily never had any accidents, uh, up, up in the kitchen. Um, but then I would, uh, bring you know dry it off rinse it off and then bring it down to the, the garage and finish it there um, at one point i had a little hot plate and just didn't like the way that it came out kind of you know tough to dial it in so
0: hmm.
1: uh, yeah i found that lotion for me works best for my outlines and things like that i know that's you know probably sometimes a little wasteful but again i try to reuse as i can um and i i think it comes out deeper than than some of the times that i've hot dipped and maybe that's just the way i i wasn't hot dipping correctly you know what i mean It wasn't dip in the right way but
0: no i i find it fascinating how people do uh they get the same results they do it differently but it's all the same results more or less
1: yeah (laughs) Um, do you use heat with your lotion so i have um, yeah so what i'll typically do is i will uh so i use either like lids or um, pie pans like eight eight nine inch pie pans i will put a little bit of water in the bottom so kind of turn it upside down put a little bit of water in the bottom Uh, usually hot water to start. Obviously it'll cool down over time. Um, Then I'll either float that disc on top or push it down. So it kind of suctions to the bottom a little bit. Um, And then I'll lay my uh, lotion on top, either using a foam brush or uh, like a Q-tip or something like that. Excuse me. And then um, I'll put another lid on top, like upside, you know, right side up on top to kind of keep it uh keep the water from evaporating keep the moisture in there because lotion will dry up and then yeah i'll usually um i used to have like a halogen bulb lamp that i used for a long long time and then i got into heat lamps so i'll usually just like turn my heat lamp on a little bit and kind of put some put it on that way i've recently started experimenting more and more with with the heat in the lotion so how long do you let it sit for Mm, if it's no heat usually eight, nine hours overnight. Like I'll do it at nighttime, wake up in the morning. Uh, If it's with heat, sometimes four or five hours will do it for me. I know I've seen some people like, and that's the thing, like different people say different results. Like I've seen some people say, yeah, I get my, I get my lotion results in an hour or two hours. And I just am curious as to how that, you know, I guess you heat it up enough. And, and I don't know, I've I've never found out how to do it that quickly, but.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, my philosophy is nuke it because i want it done faster that's right yeah and and i know a lot of people have done dehydrators do you use a dehydrator i recently got into a dehydrator you should join the dehydrator (laughs) cult because boy howdy it is nice for multiple reasons uh, yeah i will iterate those uh, reasons you can well i got like a nine tray dehydrator but i can fit five discs at a time in about the same spot that i could fit a heat lamp so that that yeah yeah, yeah. more more discs in the same space um you can get consistent heat because you can dial in the temperature and it's going to be the same throughout it's Mm -hmm. got a timer so if you forget it whatever it's going to shut off automatically so it's not a fire hazard so you don't necessarily need to keep an eye on it as much um really that and the consistency like i mentioned before um really nice. It's multi- multiple, uses too. Like sometimes yeah. I preheat my disc before I do certain dyes to make the dye accept better. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it to glue, uh, dry glue masks faster. Yep. Okay. Cause it's dehydrating the
1: glue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, get a dehydrator. I, I, I might, I might just have to do that. Um, I've definitely, definitely preheated my discs under, um, I found like putter plastics and things like that. I know that, um, I've dyed some of the UV buzzes that recently came out and they're like that, like putter plastic. And I found if I preheat the dye, preheat the disc, it takes a whole lot better. So yeah, that's, you know, I've never thought of doing it for other, I mean, I've done it for some other things, but yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a dehydrator. Yes. just be the... <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you a few links, you know, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try to find a way to swing it to my wife. How I'm buying the dehydrator. <laughs> uh,
0: we're going to make some beef jerk. No, we're going to make some dried fruit to be healthy
1: yeah only once though only once the first time and then after you use it for discs because
0: yeah i see people um, who
1: use ovens Mm -hmm. yes uh do not use the same
0: thing that you dye discs for food not good (sighs) big disclaimer Uh, for that one (laughs) yes don't do it bad um but reusing the lotion after um
1: the, the stencil that's that's an interesting concept um Yeah. And I probably, it's probably me just being a little heavy handed sometimes, you know what I mean? Cause it, it, when I do it thinner, you see it, it dries up sometimes. And if there's a really good seal Mm -hmm. on the lids every now and again, I'll, you know, be a little heavy handed, but it'll, it'll, I'll just kind of like, when I scrape it off, I scrape it into the cup, I mix it in and then kind of, you know, if I'm doing, if I'm doing a few discs at a time, I'll, I'll, I have a bottle, but if I'm doing just one or two, um, and I maybe ran out, I'll just mix it in a cup and then kind of put some saran wrap and save it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's black, so you really can't mess up the color. Exactly, exactly. It'll just make it better as it ages, you know? (laughs) Yes,
0: like fine wine. Yes, (laughs) this eye dye black is one year old. Yeah. The vintage. Disc (laughs) dye sommelier could be a thing, you know. (laughs) Uh, um, Have you noticed, which I'm assuming that you have, that the lotion dries out faster on the edges? And have you ever had it dry out on the edges versus the center and had some weird discoloration?
1: I have, I have not noticed that it dries faster on, like, the edges of the disc? Well, just the edges of wherever you lay it down
0: because typically it's thicker in the center because that's where all the Google gap is. And, like, you have, like, a fine point of a stencil or something that you just have, like, a small dab of lotion
1: just kind of going through yeah and maybe that's and maybe I have not found that maybe that's again just me being heavy-handed and again with yeah. the Queen Helene it used to like would would leach out off the disc so I would have that sometimes I guess it would you know would, mm-hmm. gravity would do its thing and would leach out into the into the water so I'd have you know I'd open up my di- open up the top and I'd see just black water underneath and thank goodness I wrap the dyes mm-hmm. down because it doesn't affect the bottom of the disc which is good um, or wrap the the vinyl under. Um, but I have not noticed that the biggest thing for me though, is like, no, sometimes no matter how much I prep or clean that dang, uh, releasing agent, that whatever is on certain discs, like mm-hmm. that'll just like, it won't take at all. And you'll see like the, you know, scrub marks in it and it won't, it just won't take, like I've had that happen to me multiple times. I'll do like, sometimes I'll, usually I will do Dawn soap to kind of just rinse it with my fingers and warm water. And then maybe like a light scrub of a, uh. Magic eraser. Um, and then sometimes I've had, I don't know what it is about like MVP glow discs a lot. And it will have I will have like these weird spots where it just won't die. Hmm. Um, so I've had to go down again and sometimes it takes, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know what it is. Something in the plastic, but I don't know.
0: So do you like to keep the stamps or wipe the stamps?
1: (laughs) Um it I to me it depends on the die. To mm-hmm. me, it depends on the die. If I'm doing a stencil that is a little bit more detailed, I will probably take the stamp off because um, I want the focus to be on that stencil. If I'm doing just a bed over it or something like that, then I think I will um, like I, i'll I'll keep the stamp. And I'll just kind of do the design behind so so t- kind of incorporate the stamp in the dye in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I like to get a little funny with it. i I dyed a when the essence first came out, the thing, the, uh, the, uh, thing that came straight to my mind was, uh, water is the essence of beauty, like from, from Zoolander. So I died, I kept, I wiped everything. I wiped the disc stamp off the flight numbers, all that, but kept essence and then died like that saying with a little Ben Stiller head on it. Um, and then I had an echo DD three, I have an echo DD three that I kept the little like circle on. Um, And I, I put the Lorax, Lorax is my favorite book growing up. One of my favorite books to read to my students at the time. And, um, it was an orange disc. So it seemed fitting to put a Lorax kind of leaning on that little, that little thing. So it's, I I don't lean one way or the other, uh, kind of if, if it needs to be wiped, it needs to be wiped. If it doesn't, then we'll let it, we'll let her stay.
0: Yeah. I like, um, people that incorporate the stamp in clever ways, um, of what you did, which is awesome um how do you wipe the stamp off the disc what is your method
1: so i typically just use acetone i've tried brake clean and i think it was maybe a few brake cleans that i tried just didn't take well and i mean not good for the environment i was out in my driveway spraying brake clean into my driveway <laughs> don't do that yeah. don't do that um so now i'll just use acetone with either cotton swabs like makeup swabs or um cotton balls. And one thing I do beforehand is I pop it in the freezer for about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, 15, if I forget about it, two, three hours, you know what I mean? So <laughs> go in and get some ice cream later and oh, I, had a, I had a disc in there, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but that I've really felt, cause one of the things that I, I found was reds, blues, red for the, for the most part is the worst. No matter how much you try to scrub, it'll just quickly disperse into the disc. Um, and for a long, long time, I feel like that was one of those things that maybe I just didn't ask the question um, or people never really found out. Uh, but again, one of those things that was like popped up on the on the the group. And I was like, I'm going to try that. And it's genius that it works. And I mean, it makes sense, right? It closes the, the cells or the pores up or whatever and makes it easier to wipe. So definitely freeze your discs before you wipe the stamps. Yeah. Uh, reds
0: are definitely uh, they will stain blacks, purples blues too like shiny metallic Um, blues yeah definitely notice that Um, so the reason I ask is how you clean or wipe your stamps is did you do the same method to the discs that had those issues that seemed like they weren't taking dye all the way because usually I clean my disc 90% of the time I wipe the stamp anyway so I use acetone so that cleans it pretty good Um, but the stuff or the dyes that I want to keep the stamp on I use um, isopropyl alcohol Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never really had any or as many issues with that as it seems like other people have
1: had. And so the ones that I've the ones that um, I found that issue with honestly are blanks. So I am lucky enough to work with foundations. Sometimes they'll they'll give me some discs to dye, and they'll give me some of the blanks that they get. Um, but then that's when I try that. You know, I usually clean it. My process is um, warm water, some Dawn soap, just kind of scrubbing it with my fingers. And then maybe I'll throw, you know, most of the time I'll throw, uh, either wipe that soap in with the dry or with a magic eraser or wait till it's all clean and then use a magic eraser after. Um, but I, I don't, yeah. And maybe I will use acetone on my blanks. Maybe that that's the way to do it. So
0: Yeah. I feel like acetone, um, it really gets it and it, it changes the texture
1: sometimes. Like it gets yeah. more gummy. You can definitely feel too. Like I've definitely felt like you can feel the re- when you, you can feel when a release agent is on a disc like it's it's a little mm-hmm. slick and you can feel when it's clean it's it's got that a little bit grippier mm-hmm. um and yeah like you said a little bit even even gummier so um and again sometimes i feel like i've got it. like i feel like it's all but there's those little tiny spots that you just never know they pop up so
0: yeah as far as the gummy feeling um so acetone can eat certain plastics And I know I talked to a disc manufacturer saying not to use acetone on discs because it can eat the plastic. Yeah, I wonder if that's what's happening. Obviously, the acetone isn't on there for a long time, so it doesn't melt, but
1: it eats part of the surface away. Slowly, slowly. Yeah, I, I I know there's a lot of people that probably get into the science of of why heating a disc makes the dye saturate better and get in there better, deeper uh, or quicker. Um, I definitely am not, I don't know the scientific fact, but I would, I would assume that, yeah, it probably does at least wipe that, you know, that release agent, maybe the top layer off or, or help, you know, burn that top layer off to open it up a little bit. So kind of like a jawbreaker getting to the inside, you know,
0: I also heard another dyer say that if you use it too much, like too much acetone and scrubbing, it doesn't take dye as well, which I found quite, quite fascinating. Yeah. So it was like a happy medium do you have a favorite disc plastic you like to die
1: mm. um for a long time it was glow glow innova like disc mania glow plastic um mm. i don't i don't know why i just i really liked the way it took um i never had any 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 glow plastic that i did and maybe it's just like the glow dyes that i did came out like i enjoyed better i don't know um But now i've obviously you know love white star plastic that 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 uh esp i guess kind of style and and things like that so um that you're going to get the most true colors you're going to get the most true um vibrancy out of your discs when you're dying on white Uh, but glow is is probably one of my favorite because it's again my favorite to throw favorite to die so do you have a favorite glow disc that you've died i do Uh, it's one i pulled so it's a glow colton waco md5 Um, this was a half moon stencil this was one of the ones i originally did with uh with the stencil and then acetone so this is luckily the everything came up kind of got a cool like the yellow turned to like a golden brown so it was kind of kind of cool so that's probably my favorite dye that the glow dye that i've done so so what did you do to help save the stamp on there when you did the stencil so that was, let's see, that I actually put some painter's tape over it and then just laid the stencil over. So that obviously knew that that wouldn't really like the bubbles in that area wouldn't matter that much. Um, cause I knew the, the, I knew this style, I knew I was going to paint on it. Right. So, um, didn't really, I, I just worried about the edges. So burnishing the edges and, and peeling off different, like which ones to peel off at which time. Um, but yeah, I just put some painter's tape over that at that time. So
0: yeah, I've heard people using painters tape, um, the transfer uh, paper if it's not too tacky, and also paper towel.
1: Yeah, I've not heard paper towel, but that's a that's a good one.
0: Yeah, for I can see that working for certain things, but not others. But yeah, yeah. Um, the colors on there were actually pretty, I guess, more vibrant and colorful than I was expecting on a glow plastic. Yes, yeah, so,
1: and this one, and this this has been, and this was one I kept. And I haven't thrown it. I've, I've thrown it once, so I admit I'll throw it once or twice. Um, but I just I just like to look at it. I don't know. You know, I <laughs> keep it in a keep it in a box, pull it out every now and again, just just thinking oh, that one came out really really good. And yeah, and like I said, the colors came out. You know, the red came out really great, the blue um, and the the violet. So I mean, that was all. Uh, again, those were when I was just using eye dye, so I didn't do anything like that. But um,
0: yeah. And again, I like how you incorporated the stamp on there as well. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice um and speaking of colors what are your favorite colors and or brand of
1: dye so i used to be a ride or die i dye poly um i had great luck where a lot of others didn't for some reason i had great luck with turquoise Mm. um i i had a few discs that i dyed with the turquoise that i really really liked um but i've kind of moved to pcad now just because I like the way that they store their dyes. Those those tins are really nice. Um, I enjoy the fact that they seem to listen to dyers, so to speak. And they sell disc dye specific kits. They create new dyes. Um, and one of my new favorite colors is Shamrock from them. Is I love that that pop that green that you get from the Shamrock. Um, so I would say I dye turquoise and Shamrock are probably my two two of my favorite colors. Though so. nice
0: uh shameless plug if you do want to try some prochemical and dye colors i have one tablespoon packs for sale so they're very small sample packs because um sometimes you just want to try out a color and not buy a large one ounce jar or they don't have the kits in that small size so i got all 50 colors of pro check them out check them out change Um, the world yes (laughs) Do you have a must-have accessory for disc dyeing?
1: Ooh, must-have accessory. Um I would say that kind of depends on the the type of dye you use. Um, or the or the type of style you use, I should say, the style you do. Um, I would say right now, for me, it's a torch. That's kinda what I use the most for glue to kind of get bubbles out. Again, obviously you try to lay it without laying bubbles, but when you reuse glue, it, it for some reason just keeps i mean you know the more you move it it aerates so you have more bubbles in there um so definitely i would say a torch would be great because i mean a torch is used you can use a torch for cells um i don't really think you could use a torch maybe maybe that's something to do. torch for sh- shaving cream i don't really know you know um i don't know where you would experiment that. i did
0: that um if you make like a mound or any kind of bed it smooths it out because it pops all the air bubbles
1: oh well there you go yes well, you, i remember like, sitting there with a uh, it's so like a hand lazy Susan, I remember sitting with like a uh one of those reusable scorecards like the that like that you can write and go on and just trying to trying to smooth them out the best I could back in the day. Um, yes. But yeah, I would say torch is probably my my main tool of that I would recommend.
0: I was gonna i I'm surprised you didn't say uh the vinyl cutter.
1: A what? The vinyl cutter. Oh yeah, well yes, that that true. That too. That's uh I guess I that mean, is. I mean I the torch is more versatile, I guess, but um, yeah, I, I only, and that's, and that maybe I hand cut maybe two stencils and I was like, ah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm getting a cutter. <laughs> so yeah, so that, there you go. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, a, uh, I just use it so much that, it's, and I guess I just didn't really think of it like that, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah, just much needed. <laughs> try, try not to tell the wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what vinyl do you like to use for your stencils? Um, I use Oracle 651. I have found uh, the matte white is my favorite. I don't know what it is. Um, I, mean, I just, I like, uh, I like matte. I have a matte phone screen cover. Uh, you know, I just like the, you know, I think it sticks better. That's probably not true, but in my head, I justify it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I use the matte, matte white uh, 651 Oracle.
0: I am a matte black guy myself. There you um, go. I, I do see where you're coming from with the matte texture versus the glossy. I think the matte is a little bit more malleable that's a mouthful mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, glossy is just slightly more stiff or it could just be you know placebo effect. Yeah. Um, why do you like white instead of black?
1: I don't know I, I don't know if there's a good uh, good answer for that. Um, it looks cool when you peel it off sometimes you can you see how the dye <laughs> like you see I don't know yeah there's I don't really have an answer for that I just kind of gravitated towards white at, at one point and just. Um, oh, well, actually, no, there is a good answer for that. Actually, sometimes yeah. when, so I used to be a, uh, peel my, peel my dye off or peel the stencil before I put it on the die. Mm. So kind of peeled some things. And I, at the time I, I could see the lines a little bit better in the white, I guess. And that's, that was where I, where, where I went with that. So. Gotcha. Uh, so do you, do you currently weed on the disc now? Now I weed on the disc. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. now I unless it's depending on the depending on the stencil if it's a like a large stencil where i can peel it off i'll probably Mm. peel off um so one thing that i've tried to focus on in my stencils is either finding a stencil and some they don't all work so centering is obviously a big a big thing with stencils so i don't really have a laser pointer to hang or anything like that or a light table i haven't invested in a light table i know that's probably the the number one thing i should get um But I will cut little circles in my dies and I'll, maybe it's just something about like like loving the pain of trying to get it on there, fit it and and things like that. So are my discs a hundred percent centered all the time? No. But to the naked eye, is it visible? Probably not. So, you know. So the million dollar question,
0: do you take the vinyl and put it on top of the disc? Or do you take the disc and put it on top of the vinyl i take the vinyl and put it on top
1: of the disc yeah so the correct way to do it yeah (laughs) not the wrong way jory i will say well i will say is if it's a clear yeah i know jory does he does the (laughs) he lays it down and puts it on if it's a clear disc um i will probably do it that way or if i can see through it because that way i know it's it's centered it's Mm. it's i can see it um if it's a, a opaque like star disc or a different color I will I have some pens that like kind of wipe off. so I'll find the center of the disc, put a little dot on the top. I'll uh, get a flashlight or something like that to give me some light, and then I'll just kind of again look through the hole that I create, lay it down, and then kind of um, flatten it out, get those, get those air bubbles out. So Have you ever tried a laser? No. I, and I, I don't know why I haven't, I have, we, so recently just got a cat. So we got a laser <laughs> pointer for the cat. So maybe now go. I have a laser pointer. You have I no excuse. It. I have no excuse not to try it. Um,
0: okay. Um, I think you could even use the arm that
1: your mic is on. Just tape it to that. Oh, there you go. I yes. this is a recent purchase. So I have all the tools to put them together now. I like yes. that. I'm going to try it. So, uh, to center stencils, you need to buy a kit. That's what we learned. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy a podcasting setup, and that way you can center, <laughs> your, uh, center your stencils. Uh, yes. Um. <laughs> I do
0: have a kit or plans to build something out of PVC as well. Okay. Um, the Disc Dyer's Align Pro 3000. It's really easy to make, and it's, uh, it's nice to have. So you don't have to have something janky or something hanging from the ceiling that you got to wait 15 minutes for it to stop swinging.
1: Yeah. Then you can mount a phone on it too. You can get some cool, you know what I mean? You get some yeah. content creation there. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I like the way you think. <laughs> um, do you
0: like to keep an inventory of dye discs or do you dye on demand?
1: Um, I die on demand. I don't, I keep, you know, obviously my friends will give me some discs to die that they'll say they'll give me, you know, five or six discs at a time. Say, get these when you can. Or if you're, you know, um, I kind of go in and out of inspiration of times where I'm dying, like t- times where I'll die a lot of discs times where I won't, I'll go, you know, I'll go, I'll go a week or two or more, even longer than that without dying a disc. Um, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it just kind of, sometimes it just win when, when the inspiration hits, you know what I mean? Um, Gosh. but, uh, I do not necessarily keep discs on hand. I dye like my personal collection and my backups. That if somebody asks, "Hey, do you have a dye disc? Well, hey, I got these. You can buy some of my backups, um, and I'll refill when I need to. But no, usually I will just get discs. Um, and again, I'm very lucky. Uh, I get some. You know, I have a have a deal, not necessarily a deal, but a handshake deal with a retailer that they give me some discs. They pay me, and I you know give them the dye discs back. So works works both for it works happy for both of us so it's it's nice to you know against a few of those where the I've never really that was the first time I've died discs at like a, a mass like getting got 20 discs at a time to die um, usually it's one two at a time uh, things like that so kind of figuring out and trying to make my ratio of good dies to maybe not so good dies a little little more lean towards the the good side um, So that's something I've learned and tried to work with on on dyeing multiples at a time. So
0: So what lessons have you learned with, um, I guess, mass producing these dyes? And what uh, techniques did you use for those?
1: Um, So for a lot of them, I try to, uh, so again, that that plays in, I I think the styles that lend more towards dyeing a lot of discs and, and, you know, obviously trying to be resourceful with glue, Um, you can reuse glue, so you can lay down a bed dye a disc pick it up in a few hours and then you can just throw more dye right on top you know either similar colors or colors that work together um flow a trawl you could do a cell bed you can just then add more or just kind of poke around with some silicone a little bit more and kind of reuse that a few times three four times maybe um and then obviously spin dyes i mean spin dyes is endless for me it's just um it's nice to sit down put it on the record player uh Again, in high school, I I loved getting like with clay on a wheel. So to me, spin dyeing is very very similar. The centering is kind of in, in that wheel pun no pun intended in that wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so I, I think spin dyeing is therapeutic, therapeutic for me in a way because it's 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 just you're there. You got you got your Q tip, you got your paintbrush, you got your dye, and you just go ahead. I think it's the closest to painting. Obviously, we have. Uh, acetone painting and lotion painting but um you see that spin that spin die right away so but those three i would say for mass producing are my recommendations i I don't know who am i to recommend you know that's (laughs) what i would do for
0: probably the most convenient and easiest and things that make the most sense yeah um so for spin dyeing, i feel like this whole podcast is just an advertisement (laughs) do you have dave spin Dye
1: jig rig um so is yours the, the 4.1, the yes. right. Yeah. So I did have that for a little while and I think it was my 3d printer. It didn't work very well. It, mm. I, I, it didn't. And again, I was working on some 3d printing things. So I, I just had to tweak some of the things. Um, so I did for a little while and then it, I don't know, it worked and it didn't, it didn't work after a little while. So now I've kind of just haven't printed it again. Um, but I've just kind of, uh, I'm just a classic throw it on there and go for it. So,
0: you know, you can say it's shitty. I don't care. I, no, I, it's
1: <laughs> not, it wasn't, it was, it was definitely user error, hundred percent okay. user error settings on the, you know, whatever, uh, I didn't make it close enough. 3d printing is in and of itself is an art. So
0: yeah, I wonder what version you have. Cause I know I've tweaked it over the time for the tolerances for the blocks and the things, um, either way, if you would like one, I can send you
1: one for free. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask, but if you are gracious enough, then sure. I mean, I would yeah, to take a, one. It's a really hard sell. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Here's a free thing.
1: Uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what record player do you use for your spin dice? Ooh, um, good question. It's a belt driven, um, at this point, just, a, I don't know. It's just an old one I, or a random one. I bought off of, um, bought off a of Facebook marketplace. Um, I've kind of had, I've had to change the belt a few times just cause of, I guess, overwear and things like that. Warm. Um, but I've ripped off, it was one of those ones where you turn on and it automatically puts the little, the needle over. So I've ripped mm. the needle off, kind of cut the needle off of that. Um, and at this point you just turn it on and it spins. It's not, it's not, not adjustable speed or anything like that. Um, and I don't get, I don't get too, too crazy with my spins, just kind of lay down some colors. I'll, I've recently got into glue masking with my spins um but i'm kind of you know just haven't gotten to the point where i'm comfortable enough to continue doing that yet so i'm still practicing with that a little bit but yeah um
0: also back to the inventory thing the other question i want to ask was have you done or
1: do you die discs for your tournaments for prizes um so i did for a long time when i had my my weekly i would die up like ctps and things like that i will donate to the local um, the local club, some dyed discs and things like that. Again, I'm not, you know, just want to get out and get good looking discs out there for people. I'm not really worried about, you know, how much I make on, it. I probably, I honestly probably lose money. I think it's a, it's a, as you know, it's a, sometimes it's a, it's a labor, it's just a labor of love. So kind of getting them on there and getting them out. But yeah, I will definitely, um, do some, throw some CTPs in there, things like that. I dyed some trophies for some dubs tournaments and things like that. So. Nice. Um, Do you vend at any events? I do not. I have not done that yet. Um, I've thought about doing it this coming, you know, this year, this coming year, kind of get into that, but no, I do not. I don't have a vending setup or anything like that. Um, Not, you know, not a, not too big, big, but. I mean, it seems like you have some interest, but does
0: it still interest you to vend?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, if I, I think the biggest thing for me is if I get enough discs to do that, you know what I mean? If I, if I put the money out there to, to purchase those discs, um, to get. So, um, again, I'm fairly lucky in the fact that, you know, I, I don't have to pay for the discs that I get to die. So I die them and give them back. Um, and then, you know, I'll, like, I'll pay for my own, my own personal discs to die and my friends will uh, sometimes get some discs and things like that. Um, so I'm a little lucky in that aspect, but yeah, I probably will at some point move towards vending. Um, Again, I've been thinking about it for this upcoming tournament. Um, And again, I just kind of, I don't know if it's something in me that is like, I don't want to uh, try. I'm not, I'm trying to make money off of my friends and like the local community in in a way, you know what I mean? I feel bad in a way for that sometimes. And maybe that's just a me, that's a me problem, not a anybody else type of problem. Um, But I'm not going to like go out and charge a lot for a disc or something like that for for locals or things like that. I'll, I'll usually try and do you know i think that's a the big thing with it with his money is, is how much to charge and things like that and i mean i've heard a lot of people talk about that so
0: yeah i mean in my mind you're not uh taking advantage of your friends because you know they they, they want to support you and you're creating one-of-a-kind unique disc that is yeah. totally awesome um so yeah you can just think of it as that way very true very true yeah pricing yeah, we can get into that, but
1: <laughs> we could talk. you, you could have a two hour talk just on that. So
0: yeah, I, my thoughts are that people are undercharging for their Dye discs. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So that is that. Do you have any fail stories
1: um, through your Dye career? I do. I do. Fantastic. Um, so the biggest one for me, so again, starting out, I didn't know much about, um, and how do, how do I say this I may be ignorant to the heat thing right um so when I first started out I would put my discs on I would die on charging plates we had like again we had some leftover you know what charging plates are like charger plates for uh, setting a table it's a it's a fancy decorative plate that you put underneath your regular plate okay um, and for some reason it just it was shallow enough to where I wouldn't have to waste a lot of lotion wouldn't have to um, you know, lay down too much and it wouldn't really sink in because the rim, uh, the, the depth in the rim was just the size of the disc. So it didn't really sink down too much. Um, so I would use those and I would put them in my basement. We have our ductwork going through and it's an exposed roof. So um, I was, I put my discs on top of my, in the winter time, I would put my discs on top of my ducts in my basement. And I don't know if at some point it like with the heat kicking on, it vibrated enough and it just dropped a disc down. And like, I heard something and I went down and sure enough, I went down and there was lotion all over the floor. Luckily it's a tile floor. So it was easy cleanup. Um, we had a, we have a cooler down there and just a little splash got on the cooler. Um, and that kind of, that, that's the only thing, thank goodness, that got, that got died and ruined. Um, but other than that, like you know, every now and again, I'll be clumsy and knock a bottle of acetone over on my table or something like that, and I'll curse to myself and be mad at myself and have to pause for a second. But I would definitely say that uh, that one dropping in my basement kind of taught me a lesson of you got to be a little bit more careful about where you place your discs and, and what you're doing uh, when you're dying. So that is probably the
0: uniqueest place <laughs> that I've heard someone placing a bed.
1: Yeah. It, and I have not done that in a long, long time. Okay. Like the the heating lamps have kind of stopped me from doing that, but yeah, during the winter time, yeah, it was uh, great. Cause it's kind of, you know, it's like a seed mat, it heats from yeah. below. And I mean,
0: the logic know. is there. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, luckily
0: you were lucky on that because it could have been a lot, lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. No, yeah. I would not recommend that to anybody.
0: Yes do you have any tips or tricks that you would give either beginner disc dyers or the veteran dyers out there
1: just just dive in i mean don't be afraid um i think that's you know i think that's maybe i've kind of you know i've tried a lot of different ways um some lend more to my skill set some don't um but don't be afraid to fail i mean that's i think one of the scariest things and that's why Maybe some people didn't share things because they, they want to, you want to go through that to learn, like we talked about earlier, but don't be afraid to fail. You're going to have, understand you're going to have some bad dyes, and it's going to, you're going to have to go through a few bad ones to get that, that first good one, but that's just going to give you that motivation to keep pushing. Um, And then just buy, buy a kit, buy, buy your, buy your, uh, your teaspoon kit that you, that you sell and then um, see what colors you like and kind of lean into it start out with one style too i started out with shaving cream and then slowly add it to my repertoire i know there's a few tips right there it's three or four rattled off but um find the colors you like the dyes you like and start out with one and kind of slowly build build what you do no well, that that's great advice um yeah
0: again we do have kits on the dyers guild website um we're building up those kits and we're also having you buy the kit. You can follow along with the video of exactly how to do that specific dye method. So, yes, there's no reason for you not to start this time. Right. Exactly. Uh, not just, at all. The first step is just doing it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You'll enjoy it unless you put your, uh, a bed on top of, a, a, a an air duct, Don't an me. air duct and it yeah. falls and no. all hell breaks loose. <laughs> 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 uh, If you were to start this dying again is there anything that you would do differently knowing what you know now
1: probably start with glue i think that to me um i started with shaving cream and and that's not to say that my shaving cream dyes aren't some of my favorite um i think you can how do i how do i want to put this if there were like a you know glue is your medium there are x amount of different ways like the some of the most different ways you can just you can just plop glues on, like plop it, like a geode. die. You can manipulate it. You can put it under a stencil. There's a lot of different ways. Um, you could use glue. You can put lotion on top of glue if you're really feeling froggy. Um, so I would say, I would say I would start with glue, um, and just be conscious about reusing it cause you want, you can reuse it. So that's one of the, one of the big things. And, and when you say glue, are you specifically mentioning clear glue? Yeah, so clear glue beds is what is what I think I would start with. And I tried some white glue beds in the beginning and the way the dye dispersed on the top just didn't didn't work so well. So clear glue is definitely the way to go.
0: Yeah, I would recommend that as well. To start with clear glue, cause you'll be, I don't wanna say happier with the results that you get. Now shaving cream, it, it it's probably the easiest thing to get into because all you need is shaving cream, powder dye and a disc and yeah. you can have something. Uh, clear glue you need to have uh, mix the dye with acetone and have some containers but um, yeah I don't want to steer you away from shaving cream because that's a good
1: intro but glue beds if, if you if you're willing to spend a little bit like you said you got to have the you know you got to have the containers got to have the acetone um, but yeah definitely I, I agree you'd be happier with your dyes with with uh, with shaving creams so, or yes. I mean, glue beds. so yes I'm just gonna make this a giant ad we have all those supplies on the Dyer team website <laughs> Hey, it's
0: your, it's, your, it's your podcast. There's nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, it'd be nice if you can buy it through the site because it supports uh, the Dyer's Guild as well as the other vendors on the site. That's right. Uh, a, a good vendor on there is Dilicious Disc Ivan, so I'm calling you out. He has a lot of uh, blank discs on there as uh, as well as dye supplies, and he does sell iDye Poly If you, if you're into that jam. That's right. So that's all I have for disc dyeing specific. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about
1: disc dyeing specifically? What is your favorite? I'll ask the question. What's your favorite dye to do? What do you like? Well, hey, 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 I'm the host
0: here. (laughs) Uh, Well, my favorite style would be stencils Okay. uh, colored in that are shaded to have some depth and i prefer a cool
1: uh clear glue bed background all right do you glue mask over or do you like so i've seen a lot of people use like clear vinyl and they'll cut it out or do you glue mask over then now i'm asking some questions i'm curious i like learning (sighs) well
0: um good (laughs) questions very good questions uh my order of operations is i do the stencil um so I do the black part. Uh, I used to do the hot dipping, but now I've been doing the denatured alcohol, um, and I've been liking the denatured because there's hot dipping. It's a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that can go wrong and or spill because you have a mm-hmm. giant tub of dye that's mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do the denatured alcohol with. Uh, currently, I dye black. I'm going to try some ProCam. So I weed only the parts that I want black uh then i do the glue bed because we can only get the black blacker um you might see some of the pattern in the stencil but that's fine uh so i do the glue bed then i do the coloring in Um, i either use lotion or i just uh, paint it on with acetone all right and now now i'm gonna go try that so
1: yes wonderful yeah so yeah definitely i i definitely use eye dye black i've found that that's the deepest black blackest black you can use I, you know um, I know Onyx is out there and that's a PCAD color and Dark Dungeon and things like that but I have found Eye dye Black for me is is the one to go so yes Dark
0: Dungeon is the worst black I say that because <laughs> Jory is the one that named it so it's the worst color ever yeah. <laughs>
1: have you ever used have you ever used uh, gunmetal Eye Die or uh, Silver Gray maybe or is that what it is for Eye Die Poly uh, I, I think it was gun metal that i've used yeah i like that I, I use that sometimes i would mix that with my like a little bit of black like a nice silver sheen almost to it i feel so hmm. i've used it more for a grayish okay yeah yeah uh so yeah all yeah. right well do you have any other questions for me no that's that's it that's all i got i was just curious what do you oh, like good. to do and you know again uh-huh. I like ask questions just not on the yeah. facebook page because people can't <laughs> Uh, well you know
0: we have a dyer's Guild specific Facebook group that is uh, there if you would
1: like to join I I think I may have I I don't know sometimes I don't get I try to stay off Facebook sometimes for only disc dyeing stuff and I will definitely join if I have not already so yeah I mean if you don't like Facebook by all means don't go on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) but if that's
0: your thing by all means do it Um, so yeah well I got to learn a little bit about your disc dyeing and how you do things now we're gonna get to know Gordon on a more personal level. Oh, all right. Yes. So the first set of questions that I have is favorite fave. What is your favorite band
1: or song? Ooh, favorite band. Uh, it kind of fluctuates. I have three. I think my all-time favorite band is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Grew up, um, seen them at this point. At this point, I've probably seen Dead and Company uh, more times. But growing up, to me, I feel like. Red Hot Chili Peppers was the most influential in in where I was in my life um and then favorite song by them Oh I like all around the world um and then I'd probably say yeah that's probably my favorite favorite song by them I love the the guitar and the the John's riff and uh, B- uh Flea's riff when they when they're together on that song so that's I love that one so yeah
0: um you picked a good band because as soon as you said that their sound was in my
1: head yeah yep <laughs> yep so yeah you, you know exactly what you're getting with them um and then dead and company grateful dead are you know right there and then uh third favorite's going to be enter shikari from uh they're a british they're a british british uh <laughs> british like electronic post hardcore kind of you know they kind of change their style each way but yeah mm. it's really really good if you if you like you know good beats and a little bit of screaming, a little bit of singing. You like them. I will definitely have to check them out cuz I don't think I've heard them. Yeah, they're good. They're fun. Nice. All right, next question. What is your favorite food? Pizza, hands down. Easy. Pizza. I'm from from New Jersey originally. Uh, <sighs> so, New York style pizza. Found a few spots down here in Virginia now that 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 make some pretty good pies. So, yeah, hands down pizza my favorite food.
0: Okay, you know you're a pizza guy when you say it's a pie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your favorite toppings on the pizza? Uh, sausage and pepperoni gotcha. together on there. Yeah. And I'm a little weird. I put um, people like, I don't I like salt, so I put salt on my pizza. People usually scoff at it when I do that. I put salt, garlic powder, and Parmesan on it, so. Wow, I've never heard of anybody putting more salt on a pizza. <laughs> yeah,
0: you yeah, think the yeah, cheese and all the other stuff. Un, probably unhealthy, but. <laughs> Do you just like normal food at all or you just kind (laughs) of dump it all the salt on there? (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know. Uh, What is your favorite beverage? Mm, Right now, uh, tequila and Topo Chico. Okay. If I'm going adult beverage. If I'm going soda, I don't drink much soda, but I like root beer. Um, And I try to drink as much water as I can, but, you know, yeah. Put tequila in it to drink water. <laughs> yes. It uh, looks
0: like water, so it's the same, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Also, you said soda correctly, which it's called soda. Not pop, not, not Coke. Soda. Soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also a bubbler.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so besides the disc golf, TDing, uh, and the disc
1: dying, what other hobbies do you have? Um, ooh play some video games every, every now and again when I can. Um, but honestly, right now I'm just kind of focusing on family when I have, you know, any time that I'm not, uh, you know, any time free time that I have is kind of going into disc golf and dying at the time. Um, but then 90% of the time I'm with my family with my son. Uh, he turns four at the end of this month and we have another one on the way in three weeks. So any, any day now I got another son on the way. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So,
0: Best of luck and congratulations on that. Thank uh, you, thank good you. thing we scheduled one we did because yeah. after, I don't think you'd have any energy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- timing was impeccable. Yes. Uh, do you bring your son disc golfing? I do. I try to. Um, you know, I think he's took him a few times this uh, this spring when it you know it got real hot down here this summer. Um, but then I'll probably take him out this fall a little bit to get him out and get him really into it. He, we play in the backyard. I got a few baskets in the backyard. He loves throwing towards the baskets and things like that. So have some lightweight discs for him. But yeah, I try to take him out when I can. So yes, usually, um, a, usually courses that have playgrounds on it. So when he, yes. when he, he, he doesn't want, you know, he throws three holes, he wants to go play in the playground. We'll, we'll, I'll get some, get a few holes in and go play with them. So yes, you got to bribe them with playground and snacks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, also you've dabbled
1: in 3D printing. Yeah, so I dabbled in 3D printing for my job. Um, so I was so I was a kindergarten teacher or a first grade teacher for two years, kindergarten teacher, and then moved up to what's called an ITRT. Uh, so instructional technology, resource teacher, so incorporating technology into the classroom figuring out how we can do and, and connect various different uh, softwares, programs, and things like that. So um, our director was nice enough to purchase some 3D printers and, you know, he probably won't see this. So I used it for, <laughs> to practice. I used it for some personal things, um, you know, just again, to practice, get the, get Absolutely. the. and as you can tell, I got your die jig, I bought it and I didn't do it well enough. So I still need to practice some on it. Um, Cause it warped and it didn't, you know, but uh, yeah, so I was did a little bit of three D printing and, and CAD designing there. That's definitely not a a, a strength of mine. It's something that took a, took me a long time to really figure out. Um, but it's fun to fun to play around it and kind of you know again a little artistic in that aspect of what can you make and different things like that. So yeah,
0: um, I kind of bought my three D printer on a whim just because I wanted to learn something new, another new shiny object. But yeah. Um, it's provided very, uh, useful for just various things. Like, okay, a part of my vacuum cleaner broke. I'm
1: going to model it and print it. Ta-da. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I see. I haven't done that. I've not, I didn't, I haven't done any, uh, I think the most practical thing I did was, um, made a candy bowl for, you know, for, for people in the, you know, for someone, for the, um, security clerk in the, in the school. So I made a candy bowl for her and then made some little school mascots to give out and things like that. But didn't did, have not like printed anything that's broken. So <laughs> um, so what got you into teaching and what is your current day job? So my mother got me into teaching. My mother was a teacher for kindergarten teacher for 30, 25, 30 years. Um, I think I knew, you know, since I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew I wanted to go into education. Um, so again, I taught for Uh, came down, came down to Virginia for school, got my, uh, degree and then postgraduate degree in reading instruction. So, uh, taught kindergarten and first grade, um, and then was an ITRT for three years. And now our team kind of got absorbed, um, by the curriculum and instruction. So I am what's called an academic coach. Um, so again, still working again through, so my lens now is technology kind of looking through, um, and that's the strength I bring to it. Um, but trying to help put best instructional practices into the classroom, help teachers the best way they can, um, and still dabble in that technology a little bit with the students, so. That is really awesome, uh, and sounds actually really fun. It, it's fun, yeah, it's great, I mean, I, I still get, you know, I don't have the, uh, do I'm going say the stress of a classroom anymore, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that behavior management of a classroom, mm-hmm. I, I can go in and kind of have some, have some fun with the students, so that's kind of what I enjoy. And then I also get to, you know, teach bigger students and, and help bigger students and teachers. Cause what are we all, but we're all learners and that's kind of the philosophy I have. So, yeah. um, one of the things I like is I get to still deal with teachers and or still deal with students and, and be with students. And also now kind of my pool got a little bit larger. I like to say so. Yes. Uh, and respect for, uh, teaching
0: kindergartners and first graders cause, <laughs> thank, um, you, thank you. But yeah. That's our child is six now.
1: And, um, yeah. That's all I can say is kudos. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, definitely, definitely a lot of patience and a uh, whole lot of funny voices and, and yeah. a lot of things with read alouds and, and trying to get, have some fun. So, yes. So
0: have you ever thought about teaching this Um,
1: I have not. I mean, I've done, I, well, I guess I have. Um, I just haven't put anything together. I know um was out at ledgestone what's the they have the disc dying um academy uh, and things like Guy that yep. um so i've seen that and that's you know far far away from where i am um and like i've done like one-offs i've never really like sat down with anyone and died with them um but i've definitely like typed out or, or written out some like i don't say instructions but like tips and things like that and walked people through um and sent pictures so um it's something i would like to do i mean if, if the opportunity were to arise um and again, I've, I've thought about running some, you know, at local, local events, just haven't gotten anything together or anything like that. So again, all you need is a little bit, so yeah. kind of get some people going and, and just trying to figure out the details around the, how to, how to figure that out. But,
0: well, I am your opportunity and I have arisen.
1: Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh,
0: so if you're interested, there's a few ways that you can get involved if you want. Um, one is like creating a, we're calling them master classes. So you record whatever tutorial you want to do on a specific method or whatever you want to do. Um, you can sell it through the Dyer's Guild website. Um, and I guess this will be the first time announced on the podcast is we're doing a DICON, a Dying Convention. So I, I think I saw you post about it, I think, right? Did you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it is going to be a virtual event. Okay. Um, so potentially if you'd like to be one of the, um, presenters on something like that we can figure something out if you would have me i would love to join dave yes 100 percent. so i don't keep you in mind but uh keep that in the back of your head if you ever want to do any teaching or anything and um potentially the dyers guild will be looking for also local area disc dyers to um teach classes at um like disc golf shops or any other dye events um because the dyers guild will help out with that as well
1: That's awesome. You're doing, as they say, you're doing the Lord's work, Dave, helping out, uh, Uh, don't build up my ego, (laughs) (laughs) helping just again, growing, growing the community, doing it the, you know, the, the right way and teaching people. And again, that, that, you know, I've said it a few times, that's my philosophy is lifelong learning and helping people out. And I'm not, you know, not one of those ones to say, no, 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 you shouldn't try it this way and experiment and have some fun. So I don't have all the answers. Um, I got a few, I got some tips I've gathered along the way, some tools in the toolbox, but, uh,
0: you know. Yes. All good philosophies because, uh, you can never have all the answers and there's always going to be someone better than you. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Next section. If you had to pick
1: three discs to use and play for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? Uh, so DD3, I'm a big disc mania fan, uh, disc maniac, if you will, um,
0: uh, so well, you know, Simon came to the light, so you know huh? hmm. Simon came to the good side.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so DD three for my driver, um, and again, I, you know they have different molds. So again, the I like I really like the C line, the new C line, not as overstable as some of the other um, Cloud Breaker earlier Cloud Breaker runs and things like that. Um, the Instinct, I love that fairway when that came out. That was one that just kind of. Again, various plastics has different you know stabilities and overstabilities and things like that. Um, and then the P3X, the I love the glow P3X, the way it feels. Um, again, that glow is my favorite favorite plastic. Um, and that disc is one that I've I've hoarded a little bit of. Yeah. Um, that and, and then Rock Threes. I gotta throw the Rock Three in there. So I know you said three, but I'll give uh, you a, I'll give you a, a driver, a fairway, a mid range, and a putter. Or, yes, yeah. an asterisk. <laughs>
0: um, I don't think I've really thrown a lot of disc mania discs honestly. Um I I think I did like the P3 putter at one point in my disc golf career, which is only like a couple of years.
1: <laughs> I'm a beaded so. putter kind of guy. I know that's a you know that's it's one of the one of the things you're beadless or beaded. Um definitely a beaded putter guy. I throw links, um putt with links and then P three X's, so any anything with a bead, judge I love the feel of a judge. Um, don't throw it very often, but I like the judge. Um so yeah, beaded putter guy, so.
0: Right. All right, next section. What has been your favorite course that you've played and or favorite hole?
1: So again, growing up I love uh Breakwell Steel in Warwick, New York. Um that's one of the courses I would say that's my, you know, quote unquote home course where I, you know, um and then I played Fox run recently. Uh, and I love that up in uh, smugglers notch played the right Fox run. That's yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Fox run. Um, love that one. Um, but I like any course really that makes you like challenges you. If I come out of a course and I'm, you know, shooting plus 15 plus 20, I know there's room for improvement and I know I just got my butt kicked and I want more <laughs> of it later. I might not do it for another week or two. Um, <laughs> But there's a course down New London Tech down by us. You know, it's it very lucky to have that, a Paul Macbeth design course. So it was really, really kicks your butt. Uh, so I really like that one. But I would say my all time favorite is Breakwell Steel. It's got two T pads, two baskets for every hole. Immaculate. They do a wonderful job of uh, keeping it up and constantly in trying to improve it. So yeah, I would say that's probably my all time favorite course. Nice. Um, and favorite hole? anyone that looks like a, what I call like a Bambi hole, like, you know, just when you're standing on the tee pad, you have a lot of green out in front of you, maybe some, some mountains yeah. in the back, you know, you see the basket real small down there. So yeah, anything that's just, just a picturesque. I, I like disc golf courses that look good. You know, so I, mm. I feel like I'm going on a hike and, and getting some beauty out of it. So yes,
0: I've never heard a hole or something. Some, I never heard a scenery called a Bambi
1: before, but oh, yes. I instantly get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so then now you know yeah put stats store that one away for use later yes uh uh-huh. well, i want to go see a bambi hole what the fuck oh okay <laughs> do you have any courses that are on your bucket list that you'd like to play oh uh northwood's black that's uh just just you know obviously just played that one fairly recently i think again that's another challenging course that i would love to play. And then honestly, I scratched one off fairly recently at smugglers notch. That was, I had some, I have some cousins that live up in Winooski. Um, so we would, you know, I would first time I've kind of gone up there with, with disc golf in mind to play. We've always gone and visited and things like that. But, um, first time I've gone up there with like, I'm going to play that course. Uh, I've had that on the list for a while. Um, yeah, those two are probably the two that, that I would like to play the most. So
0: awesome well
1: it's cool that you got across one of them Got across one of them off yeah, yeah Yep.
0: next section if you had to pick a pro disc golf player to play around
1: with and hang out in general who would it be and why who would it be and why um i've my favorite player has always been simon i love uh you know i watched used to watch a lot of his b- vlogs and still do watch some of his vlogs um so i really enjoy you know he just seems like a like a nice guy a like cool cool guy i want to hang out with um feel like you know would would throw some jokes around and i love the way he plays I, it's you know if i had that ability to play that way i feel like i would throw simon lines but you know i'll try every now and again but i can't don't they do not work so
0: yes uh it's definitely a special skill set to throw unique lines <laughs> yeah um do you dislike him a little bit more now that he is with
1: MVP? Not at all. Okay. I I have no, no, no. I don't have any issue with him, you know, uh, chasing the bag or, or whatever you want to call that. Um, I mean, he, you know, he did what was best for his family and what he thought was best for him. And I'm sure that is the best move for him. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think that pushes companies to want to get better and to want to do more and maybe that's something that you know disc mania can learn from or that you know he hopefully he made the right choice and he feels like he made the right choice but no i don't don't dislike him anymore or, uh, or don't dislike him because of the switch that he made so
0: yeah if anything it makes me like him more
1: there you're you're an mvp guy i'm, I'm gathering huh
0: <laughs> yes i am a fanboy. why i don't know i mean i recently switched out my entire bag to mvp slash axiom because you know okay. it's not the player it's the discs that's right. Uh, fun fact, I still suck. Um, I just like MVP slash Axiom in general. Um, the names that they have, like the Overmold, mm-hmm. Below Technology School.
1: Yeah. So I used to throw the Crave a lot. Um, okay. So I used to throw like a lightweight. I had 155, some lightweight yep. Craves that I absolutely loved. Um, and then the Defy I threw for a long time. And I kind of likened that to the destroyer dd3 that that you know um overstable driver mold i threw the i had the da vinci stamp ones for a long time and i've really liked that run of defies and then uh those are those are probably the only axiom mvp that i've thrown so heard great things about the envy um yeah but yeah. i've never really thrown one so I'm just trying to think
0: don't ask me this question what are my three favorite maybe they have i don't know but
1: yeah what are yours you know you know we've it already would started be, with me asking you some
0: questions so. well it would be a proxy putter in neutron soft okay and or neutron soft and eclipse 2.0 that's a mouthful um, <laughs> it's a glow plastic that's a little bit more malleable yeah, yeah um then a fission crave okay like, i think i have a 148 fission crave and a fission wave Like I have a 158 fission wave. I
1: have a noodle arm, if you can tell. Fission plastic to me is so interesting. It's like a, it's kind of like pro. It feels like a special, like it is a specialty plastic, right? But it like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like one. um, And like dies surprisingly well. It doesn't feel like it would die well, but it does. So fission to me is one that like I never threw. But once I got my hand out, I was like, this is very intriguing.
0: Yes, it uh it has micro bubbles in the neutron plastic Ooh. to have more gyro effect and more weight in the rim. I didn't know that. So now. If it does that, I don't know, but it's lighter, <laughs> it's like, the lighter disc, I feel like I can actually get the flight numbers out of it. <laughs> if I throw like a, a normal weight wave, it just like crashes and burns for me. So. That's all right. All right. Well, we got to know you on a personal level and on a dying level and I appreciate all the information that you have shared so far.
1: So, so where can people find your work? So uh find me on Instagram. Uh Instagram only uh at raddad dies. Um uh or you can go to my Instagram, Gordon Merck, I have it linked there as well. Um, but yeah, so we're at raddad dies on Instagram is where where you can find me. And I post okay. uh I'll start posting in the diary. I think I, I think I do follow the diary. I'll start posting some in the dyers guild. Um and I'll post every now and again in the in the disc face uh disc golf dyers Facebook page, but
0: yes so you will be raffling off a disc is i that will correct? be yeah.
1: yeah do you
0: have that disc handy or not you don't have...
1: all right can you explain Ooh. so this is a let's see this is a lux um tactic so it's one of the graffiti stamps came in uh the mystery box a few years ago this is a cell die that i did that honestly it was kind of one where i was like you know i think it was second gen or something like that and i was like i don't know how this is going to turn out and i think it came out really cool i don't throw the lux tactic very much so it's just sitting here it's too pretty to sit on my shelf so i would love to raffle it off um and again the proceeds will go back to dyer's guild for you so there we go all right, well that,
0: that is actually a first of the proceeds coming back. So thank you very much for no that. Problem. No problem, uh, One, if you wanna get an amazing disc by an amazing Dyer, uh, you can get entered for as little as $1. So if you head to dyersguildco slash raffle, you can get entered for that. The raffle will be live when this podcast gets released and will be live for two weeks. Um, so if you want to get that awesome disc, by all means do that. And if you would like to support the Dyer's Guild, that helps as well.
1: So you go. Um, again, I greatly appreciate that. Thank hey, you. No problem. Dave, I appreciate you having me on. I'm honored to be on here. I know you've had, you've, you know, interviewed some great dyers. So I just, just to be in that, in that company is, is, is awesome. So I appreciate that. And, and just getting, you know, getting my name out there, getting some work out there. So hopefully, you know, I'm more than happy. So I appreciate that.
0: Yes. Again, uh, I was honored to have you on as well. So until next time, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: Have a good one.